Well, babe, we did it. We wrote a book. Yeah, man, it's it's actually surreal to even think about uh, that we wrote a book, had a baby, got married, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> <laughs> but the book is now available yeah. for pre-order, and we're so excited to share it with you. Oh, so looking forward to getting this book into your hands, to be in dialogue and conversation with all of you as we continue to liberate love from old imprints and codependent dynamics that keep us small, stuck, and stagnant. Yeah, you know, no matter your relationship status, this book walks you through what shaped you, why do you do what you do in relationship. It dives deep into your relationship blueprint, attachment styles, and most importantly, which is different than every other book that's ever covered codependency in the past, we explore the role of the nervous system in that. And the book is called Liberated Love. Yeah. Release your codependent patterns and create the love you desire. Go to createthelove.com slash liberated love to order your copy now. That's createthelove.com slash liberated love and get that pre-order in and you'll be able to get a free download of a meditation we created and a workbook that goes along with it. Much love and appreciation for your support. Much love. Thank you. The entire universe rises to meet you in that moment. You think you can call on that just because you know some incantations you read in a sacred text or whatever. That's not how it works. There's certain things you don't get access to until you're on the level where you actually need them. Hi, my name is Mark Groves, and I'm obsessed with understanding human behavior and why we do what we do. In this podcast, I interview the world's most brilliant minds and hearts, where I get to explore, alongside you, every subject you can imagine relating to our human experience and how we relate. It is my deepest intention that we all learn how to create the life and love that we've always dreamt of. Now, before we get rolling, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. And one ask that I have, and an amazing way that you can help support the podcast is by wherever you listen to it, giving it a five-star review and a written review. With all that said, let's dive in and transform our lives. Welcome to another episode of the Mark Groves Podcast. Today, I am honored to have Miriam Hasna. Welcome. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to break down, before we hit record, we were talking about the New Earth Mystery School. And I was saying, it makes me think of Hogwarts or like, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I love your conversations on relationships. I love how you talk about the energetics of relationships. But I think also bringing that to how we make our way through the world and just the language that you use for people to be able to understand what maybe is beyond the material and how that shows up in the material world. So are you ready to kick off then? Yeah, I'm super excited to kick off. <laughs> Do you hear that a lot about the New Earth Mystery School that it sounds like Harry Potter? Yes, I do. And I think... <laughs> I do hear and that. And I apologize if that is insulting because no, I do know honestly, the validity. It's like, it's like the running joke in the community that you're, you know, you're at Hogwarts. I think it's fueled by the fact that creating the school came from a recurring dream that I had that I started a school for X Men. Um, so it's, it's oh, that's not, dope. It's not like are you far Professor off. Xavier? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not. At the time, I was sharing out a lot online about experiences that I was having. And I was doing personal like client work, energy work with people. And I kept having people come to me and saying like, I have these abilities, these gifts, and I don't know what to do with them. And I don't know what they are. And I'm not quite sure like where to go. And because of my experience of going through a spiritual awakening and having all of these things like kind of come on overnight, seeing past lives and, you know, channeling and all of this, it sort of came on so fast, like a what I call a rude awakening. I wanted to create something that would support people that were going through this experience so that it was just kind of like the welcoming committee. It's like, hey, you're going through a spiritual <laughs> awakening. It's okay. You know, here's some basics. Like, here's your manual. I know you didn't get the manual and you came in. Um, there's community. <laughs> right. It's like, it's just kind of set up in that way. So it was really, 
partially because of the vision. And also I was really frustrated with the like wellness industry. And I was like, I don't want to be a part of the wellness industry. Like, this is not it. And I was like, well, what can I do? Because my personal spiritual and mystical lineage and practices wasn't something that I was interested in sharing out publicly. So I wasn't trying to be a spiritual teacher. And then I also knew I didn't want to be in the wellness industry. So I was like, well, I guess I'll just create my own thing. (laughs) I'll start my own school. Yeah. The very first class was timeline jumping. And I was like, I might as well just go for it to talk about what I wanted to talk about. This is six years ago. So you can imagine like the first class being timeline jumping. I was like, even if five people show up, I was like, I would just be so happy to talk to five people about the Mandela effect and just all the experiences that I was having and just chat with people. So yeah, obviously we attract all kinds. We attract people who are really genuinely deeply interested in understanding their experience. There's definitely curious people who come for entertainment, but they either usually get transformed or leave <laughs> because there's a lot of, um, how do it's I say too it? confronting. Away. Triggering, a lot of triggering conversations that are happening. So if you don't, if you're not really interested in being there, to do the work, like eventually you probably get turned off and, and go or frustrated. So yeah, it kind of like weeds out people and that's part of the container and how I set it up. First, I'm curious, how would you know if you're in an awakening and if you'd be open yeah. to sharing just a bit about yours yeah. and then obviously decide whether you do <laughs> or do not, that's cool. And then that seems to be a common thing of being invited to that depth is that it is so confronting. Sure. And I would imagine saying no to it, the source of a lot of addiction, the source of, you know, like the dissonance of knowing there's deeper, more of you, of the world, and not saying yes to that. 100%. Yeah. I mean, the resistance to ourselves is really like at the heart of suffering, you know, and that takes on a lot of different flavors and colors as we find ourselves sort of grappling with this idea of who we thought we are and who we think we need to be in society to be successful or to be loved or to be safe or to have meaning happen, right? Of the things that we think, well, this is meaningful in life. So I'm going to pursue this. I'm going to put my energy into this and then attaining that thing and not feeling different and not being able to figure out, wait, why didn't that work? There's something else happening. So I think that an awakening can look so many different ways, right? Like I said, I experienced what I would call a rude awakening. I know at this point, I know, I know that part of why I set it up that way is because for a couple of different reasons. One, I had absolutely been getting messages to wake up for a while. I can look back and see that now. And I can say that was a, a choice point moment. That was a trigger moment. That was a trigger moment. All these things were sort of setting me up to awaken. I would say the first most significant thing that happened that could have really awakened me and shifted my whole reality was uh, the birth of my child who is, who will be 17 next month. So, you know, give or take around 17 years ago, and then going through different losses, I went from losing my father and then six months later, losing the man I was engaged to. And then my father's like, literally like his last dying words to me, like, I I can't even make this up. My dad talked about to me, he said, you know, I really tried to do my best to protect you. A lot of the things that I, and my dad doesn't really talk like this. So he was very lucid. I remember now I look back and I was like, he was absolutely channeling his higher self because he was in and out of consciousness at that time. Right. And he said to me, I was always so scared of what the world would do with someone like you who absolutely always follows their heart. So for me to be someone that as a child, my father saw like my heart and who I was, that terrified, that terrified him. He's like, oh no, like my little girl is going to get taken advantage of. She needs to be tougher. She needs to have thicker skin, you know? So in his way, some of the things that he imposed on me that he thought were protective were actually really oppressive and really invalidating to who I was as a highly sensitive person. So I, 
you know, spent a lot of time unpacking that at some point and still am at this point. However, there were certain things that uh, needed to happen. I don't want to say on a timeline, but there was like that clarion call for me to say, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. There's like, you have things to do. You have a purpose here. There's things, there's people that are going to need you. There's certain initiations you need to go through. It's time to go. So I followed a dream that I got to move to California to a place I'd never been, that I'd never visited. I just had this knowing. I was like, this is where I'm moving. And at the time, my child, my son was five years old. So I was like, I actually was in the process of leaving the East Coast when I found out I was pregnant. I had gotten rid of all of my stuff. I'd left my job, gotten rid of my apartment, and I was headed to California. So just to give you a little bit of a, an idea of how the soul's like plan can play out right? Like the soul is always like, okay, there's going to be another window. There's going to be another opportunity. You are going to go to California, right? And to kind of like, it's this combination of, you know, if and then statements. Now, if this happens, then we'll we'll go about it this way. And if this happens, we'll go about it that way. And it's all these choice points, which trigger other events. And ultimately always set up that we can pivot, And at any point, we can wake up. Like, that's the thing that I think is so profound. And why awakening can look so different is because at any point, we can wake up. And our soul, if that is a part of our plan, and it's not everyone's plan to wake up in this lifetime. So that's the thing that's also interesting. We live in a reality where there are people who are choosing to wake up and many of our loved ones are not choosing to wake up, or they may have written it in as a potential, right? And if it it requires a certain amount of work, a certain amount of moving through your karma of showing up for certain things that are challenging and meeting life in that moment with all of that skill and all of that resilience. And some people time out. They're like, eh, I'm going to level out here. Going to kind of just keep it comfortable. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, this really is good. Looking, you know, like, you know, and then some people devolve, right? Some people are like, actually, it would be way more comfortable for me to go a little bit more unconscious to sort of forget about what I know. And they kind of move back into that place where they couldn't sustain the frequency. You know, they couldn't sustain the the ascension to continue going in that way. And guess what? It's all valid. You know, that's the thing. It's all super valid. So and all that to say, I will share a little bit about my awakening experience. I had a near-death experience. So that's why I say I had a rude awakening. That's why it's rude. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it was. And, you know, it's interesting because at one point I remember thinking, like, who who can I tell? Who can I tell this to? Who can I talk to about this? Like, this is just going to, there's no way it's not going to sound nuts. And I remember finding a book <laughs> by Anita Morjani. I think it was, I think it's called Dying to Be Me. And where she talks oh, about, that's a good name. Yeah. She talks about, you know, when you read a book and you're like, it's like that never ending story feeling like, I'm reading my book, you know, yeah. and you're, you're yeah, reading yeah. something that you know that you've never heard someone articulate. And it's just surreal. Like you get just crazy goosebumps. You're like, it's just resonating like too deep. Like it's resonating in my bones that I know this. And she talked about the choice. And I remembered that choice. And I remember that there was no judgment about the choice. There was no like, you have to, you didn't do enough. You didn't complete your mission. You didn't dot, dot, dot. It was really just, you know, if you are complete, this is what this will look like. And if you choose to go back, this is what this will look like. And I guess me being the soul kind of spirit that I am, I was like, I'll go back, but I need certain things to happen. Like I always joke and say, like I said, I needed a promotion and a raise. I was like, I cannot go back to the way things were because you have to remember at the moment that I'm deciding to come back, I'm also in complete like realization and remembrance of who I am. Yeah, so you're on the other side, like experiencing the white light. Yeah, like experiencing the, the all that is, like experiencing the yeah. all that I am, you know. And then looking at my, my human life and being like, "What? <laughs> how? What? What is? Like, how did it go there?" They're like, "Listen, Donald Trump's president. There's a war going on. Social media is going to fuck up your psyche, or you could stay here in bliss." I was like. Put me back in, coach. I was like, put me back in, coach. You know, with a raise and a promotion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, so I, I, I had requests. You know, I had, I should say, demands. Yeah. I had demands. I was like, 
this, you know. So wait, you're like in the transition moment. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So you're like <laughs> dead, right? Like in the human realm. Okay, well, we could unpack, we could unpack death. Okay, we could unpack Yeah, yeah, death. yeah. Okay, so you're like floating between worlds and you haven't decided to tap out yet. And then you're chilling, talking yeah, to yeah. oneness, I guess. Is this like a first person, second person, or are you like the ether talking to the ether? It's like happening within you. It's the same. It's the same way it happens when you meditate. Like when you go deep into meditation, uh, and you when you like, get into the yeah, you just expand out into the all that is, and you're just like it's coming from within and without. It's just like it's omnipresent, you know. So while your physical body, like literal body, is, is yeah dead, <laughs> right. This is happening. This is happening. Can you actually like, do you have a conscious memory of, or did you have a conscious memory of this goings on? I do. I See, do. See, that's fucking crazy. I watched the show on Netflix on near-death experiences. Yeah. It was wild. Like the chick who broke her back and was like underwater for 30 minutes and it was crazy. And these are documented cases. You're a documented case by yourself. So, Okay. Oh gosh. I mean, you know, it's, I'll be honest. I have so many stories like this. That's why I'm always kind of just like, I, I, it's not that it's old news to me. I'm so excited. (laughs) It's not that it's old news to me. It's just that, you know, like for example, I just had a past life regression session recently. And of course I was like doing magic. I was in Egypt. I was a priestess, all these things. And you know, the woman wanted to share it online. And I was like, it's just the, some of the things that I think people are really drawn to, are really captivated by. I'm like, that's not even the gold. Oh, what's the gold then? Because I'm like, okay, so you're between worlds. You're having a conversation with all that is. Okay, uh, so you're like negotiating. Yeah, so this yeah, is, yeah. I like that. You're a savage in the uh, in the other world. That's totally me. Yeah, yeah. Like unapologetically, like I'm going to be me in every realm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you you have a talk. They're like it. We we are like cool. You're back in. So then. Do you remember consciously coming back into your body? Yes, I do. I remember, I'll be, I've shared this before, and I'm, I'm, I'm always kind of like careful about sharing too much private stuff, but this I've shared before. The main thing that pulled me back was my child. I was scanning through, right? And I'm, I'm trying to use language to describe something that's like, in a way, like, it's like, you, it's hard to describe, right? There's nothing else, yeah. like, kind of had to have been there kind of thing. Trying to put words to everything, to describe what is indescribable, because oh, yeah, words were born sure. from it, not to describe it, yeah. You know, but I'm also pretty good at giving things language, so I can, I do my best. I remember, I- I mean, you do run a school. Yes, yes. I do need to be able to communicate, like, these concepts well, right? Break them down. So I was, like, scanning, in a way I was scanning, like, I would say how I've described it is, like, all consciousness. Like, there were things that I knew in that moment that I was like, this is how it is. There's just a clarity that God is love and that all is peace and that there's no one to forgive. It's just a knowing. It's every fiber of your being knows it to be true. There's no question, right? And it's the deepest truth that there is, right? That we are one with all of all of creation. And in from that place. Any falseness, any illusion, any feeling of I'm not enough or like I'm not loved or, you know, I don't know who I am or my life doesn't have meaning, it cannot withstand. It is completely burned away. And you are just in this place of bliss and clarity and strength and feeling empowered, right? And there's no fear. You're not afraid of losing something, right? So there was no fear what drove my decision. But what I remember was scanning my life, right? Maybe doing a life review, sort of scanning like what I wanted to do, the same way you would in between lifetimes, to be honest. I honestly, to me, I feel like I was reborn and I feel that another aspect of my soul incarnated. Some people call that a walk-in. So I feel that another aspect... It's like you tap in like a hundred meters sprint. 
Yeah. yeah, another part of me is like, like hands the baton off and is like, I'll, I'll step in, right? I'll, like this aspect of my soul was like, I'll step in. And that's why when I, you know, came back to, I started having all of these gifts. I started having all these abilities. And it was, it was almost, I think it that was, must have been crazy. It, must have, it must have been kind of written in that way as well. But I also think <laughs> I have a really funny birth story. My mom always talks about how right before, like she labored for me for a good amount of time and then for hours, nothing, right? Hours, nothing. I just, she just stopped laboring and she's like, the doctors were like, oh, I guess we'll come back. <laughs> so my joke was always that I was going back and renegotiating my contracts. <laughs> but when I did when I did regression work, that was true. So what happened is, you know, you have this idea of incarnation, and then you get close, and you're like, "Hold on a second, it is dense here. It is like this feels terrible." You like dip a toe in, and you're like, "Can you imagine coming in right now? Like all these souls? Like I mean, they must- these souls that are coming in right now know exactly what they're doing. That's they're big. confident." There's like, they know exactly what they're doing. You know, they're, I, a lot of them are, yeah, they're just sharp. They're just masters. They're like a whole new race. It's like the boomers come in and fuck it up, fuck up real estate, fuck up everything. No offense if you're a boomer. I'm gen, I think I'm like gen X, Y millennial, but you know, I'm, I'm going to be part of the blame too, but I feel like I'm on the shoulder of it, you know, or like I got the downstream, like real estate's fucking expensive for me, but not you know, I'm so happy that I don't know what I am because I've never, my brain doesn't work in that way. Like, I'm just like, I'm a timeless being. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I'm trapped in a Gen Y, Gen X. So I'm curious, this yeah. walk-in thing that you talked about. Yeah, yeah. And I'm so excited that we're talking about this. <laughs> that feels to me like also what occurs. Okay, so in the context of like experiencing an awakening. Yes, yes how I would describe my experience of what I would call that for me is the beginning of starting to see that all these beliefs, thoughts, feelings, systems exist, and they're all constructs. And for the first time after, and mine was through making a decision that just took me off like life's timeline. Like I chose to end a relationship an engagement. I was on the perfect timeline of everything I was taught to do. I decided to step out of that. And all of a sudden I was like, holy fuck, I'm, People don't love me. I'm not checking off all the boxes. And I remember just thinking to myself for the first time, like, how did I get here? I'd not ever really asked myself, like, consciously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I read Man's Search for Meaning by Victor Frankl, that fucking, you know. And what I've seen through these, like, continuous sort of levels up or, or up, not to infer hierarchy, but you know what I mean, is that, like, these initiations, oh, yeah. it feels like walk-ins too. Like, it feels like, Parts of my soul are like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to tap in for this. Like, you learned this fucking lesson, took you long enough. Like, (laughs) we're ready now, (laughs) you know? Because sometimes I'm like, I can feel the hovering of a knowing, but I haven't gathered enough information to, or I need to fuck up a little more just to make sure that that is true for sure. I feel like I'm in that. I'll give you a little, a little like cheat code. So when you feel like information, (laughs) it's not really a cheat code, it's just exercise. When you feel like information is sort of floating in your ether, like you're like, it's, you're like, I know it. It's right. It's in your your aura. Like it's it's ethereal. And what's happened is you haven't anchored it. You know, it hasn't stabilized in your system. It hasn't like fully come down all the way into your feet. You know, you're not Mm. like living it fully all the way in your. Can I pull it down? Like, well, so I was going to say is one, you can ground it. And that's, I actually learned, I started learning about stabilization when I started making gemstone essences, because I work with flowers and flowers as a vibrational medicine, they're very ethereal. So they help you like understand archetypal energies and they help you understand the template level of reality, right? So it's like, here are the, all the building blocks right? So flowers, they hold these, like these codes of like, okay, here are all these different configurations of how energy and how life can be built and how it can go together to create structure, to create meaning and experiences. So that's why I started diving into like flowers because I was like, oh, they're just, they unlock all this stuff. But then what happens is you know it on a soul level. So your soul's like, 
killing it with your soul curriculum. But you <laughs> right. as a human is like flailing and you're like, this stuff's not helping me. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I'm not getting anywhere, right? I'm just, I know all this stuff. I'm spinning my wheels. I'm fu- yes. figuring all this stuff out, downloading and channeling all this stuff, but it's it doesn't help me in any practical way. So when that happens, <laughs> it's actually very common. When that happened, you can can ask your Akashic Records keeper to orchestrate an experience that you need for you to be able to fully embody in that knowing. Can you ask for a positive experience? Because that seems like a setup. (laughs) Oh, because I'm like, all of a sudden I've got a near-death experience. Yes, I I love that. Definitely you can, well, here's the thing. So you can have preferences, right? You can have preferences. (laughs) And at some point you have to like also get past this positive negative experience and being polarized that way and say, and again, there's still language, like what is the highest and best? And I always say, you know, to my comfort level or whatever's healthy and gentle, because I've done things that I don't recommend anyone doing because I'm so hardcore. I'm like, Oh, I wouldn't do that again. Like even I've had teachers be like, I don't know if I'd go that fast. I don't know. I think I would slow down. I think I would slow down a little bit. Like that's kind of fast, you know, because when I start doing my like my weird scientist thing and unlocking things, you know, I think it's also part of my like neurodivergence, you know, like it's just how I approach the reverse engineering things. You know, once I start, I start seeing it unlocking and then I'm like, I can recreate that. Right. And I just taught myself how a certain dynamic in reality works, how a certain dynamic in creation works. And then I'll get confirmations from like sacred texts or like, you know, Instagram Oracle, you know, or whatever. You just get the confirmations around the synchronicities that, yes, you understand that you unlock that. And then from that place, I can teach it. You know, so I can help people like if you're like, this is where I typically get stuck. I can sort of, you know, analyze like, oh, I see what I see, like what's kind of getting you hooked up. I see what's the block. I see dot, dot, dot. Here's how I would work through that. Here's how I would move through that. And it's fun to unlock things. You know, it's fun. It's fun to to have like a Rubik's cube and be like, oh, how do I and how can I do it faster next time? So, you know, that's part of, I think, my soul group. I think in other, you know, space times and dimensions, we're definitely scientists. And I always talk about being in the lab and doing research. And I think because, you know, I have a school and I'm on social media and I tweet and da, 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 you know, I don't think people realize like how much like really like what I love is just like being in the lab, you know, it's just like figuring things out. And my passion isn't actually, this is a really interesting thing that I'm in the process of learning that my passion isn't really sharing it. My passion is the doing of it. And I feel like I was given an assignment to share it and I fully showed up for that. I fully showed up in service to that. I was like, I will give everything I have to help people. And I realize now that I sort of like, like back myself into a corner and I'm like, oh, I have a school, I have like an apprenticeship <laughs> program. I have all these things that I'm like, well, people are like, well, I want to know because you now you got my attention. I'm like, well, no, I want to go back in the lab. I don't want to like teach anymore. <laughs> I feel like they snuck it into the small print in your renegotiation oh, really? in your near-death experience. So, They're like, just sign here, sign here. Yeah, we agree to all your terms. Let's go get back in. Today's episode is brought to you by Mana. Now, look, we all know it's pretty much impossible to get everything we need nutritionally from diet alone today. And that's due to a lot of the farming practices, fertilizers, all that stuff. And even though we might have a healthy and varied diet, we still may not get all the minerals and nutrients that we need. This product, Mana, which I love, solves this problem through their all-in-one supplement that's made entirely from nature. It combines the wisdom and practice of ancient medicine with modern-day science and innovation. It combines some of the highest quality minerals, amino, fulvic, and humic acids, and nutrients gathered from some of the highest and lowest points on the planet, the mountains and the sea, all to provide a comprehensive enhanced mineral matrix. Now, the two main active ingredients in mana are shilajit and ocean plasma. One is black, one is white, one is plant-based, and one is ocean-based, yin and yang. Now, shilajit is a natural substance. It's found mainly in the Himalayas. It's been used in Ayurvedic medicine for 5,000 years to help maintain equilibrium in the body. 
clinical studies have shown that shilajit has been proven to increase strength, endurance, and prevent illness. Now, ormus, or ocean plasma, has many regenerative and healing properties and has been used for thousands of years. The benefits of mana are insane. Shilajit and ormus, in addition to fulvic and humic acid, marine minerals, amino acids, protein, nootropics, triterpenes, magnesium, potassium, sulfur, calcium, sodium, and 88 trace minerals, they can help boost cognitive function, improve focus and memory, boost energy levels, provide fast recovery post-workout, enhance your libido and stamina, support testosterone production, and enhance immunity. The list obviously goes on and on. So I've been taking mana every day for the last three months now. I love it. I've been actually noticed an increase in not just my energy levels, but also I have an aura ring and I've been tracking my HRV and my HRV has gone up in the last three months significantly by an average of 20 points. And that's even though we've just had a kid, which is crazy. So if this all sounds like you want to try it, which I'm guessing it does, and you're looking to supercharge your body, restore balance with this all-in-one solution, check out Mana. Visit manavitality.com. That's M-A-N-N-A-V-I-T-A-L-Y-T-Y.com. Use the code MARK20 for 20% off. Go get it now, manavitality.com. I'm curious then, like when we talk about the, the journey of awakening, I think of the vehicle of relationship so much. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah, like I don't know, like based on my experience and what I witness with people who have relational challenges is that I don't know that there's a faster vehicle to <laughs> growth and expansion than the willingness to say yes to the lessons. And where I see people get stuck, and I'm I'm really curious about your thoughts on this, <laughs> is that I was working with someone recently who was very caught up in the idea of they're in a relationship with a great person. The person treats them great. They love them. They've explored whether they're avoidant and can they not show up to love. They're All the things. Right. <laughs> They've done everything but choose to leave because they don't want to disappoint people, which, you know, I get it. This is the work, right? This is the work. And in talking to her, I said, well, that you've tried to figure out that it's anything but, <laughs> and you realized it isn't. And you're still faced with the thing that you've been called since the beginning, but that's all learning. <laughs> right, right, right. The journey. And I was like, this is actually the growth is like, can you choose you in the face of disappointment of other? And my God, as a human lesson, that is that is so hard, but it's so liberating. Like all of a sudden, then you're like, holy shit, I love me. I don't need you to love me. Woo! It really yeah, so, is a freeing one. It's a big one. If you can crack that one, you, you got a good one. <laughs> yeah, that I think is because you're disappointing all of religious beliefs about relationships lasting, sure. cultural beliefs, all sure. people's fears about love ending when relationship containers end, which is not true, but it's yes. true in our experience of yes. what we've witnessed. So I'm curious your thoughts on this. I have so much to say. I'm like, okay. Yeah, let's I get into so it. Much I, I, yeah. So the funny thing is, is like, you know, okay, I'll just say a little bit, a little bit about me. Like I channel a lot. Right. So I channel on topics that I'm not, I'm not even interested in. I'm like, I, why do I need to know that? Right. And <laughs> I've channeled like whole, like I have an apprenticeship program. It's a 12, pro- I channeled it in one night. They gave my guys were like, here's the whole thing. Here you go. I sat on it for two years before sharing it because I was like, people are not ready. I'm absolutely sitting on a book about this and I have taken breaks from it. It's a great book. It's a great book. I've taken breaks from writing the book and I was like, I'll come back to it. I'll come back to it. I didn't even want to teach about love and relationships in my school at all. Like my guides kept being like, please, 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 please talk about this. I was like, no, I don't have the energy to weed through that. Like, that's not, that's not my path, you know, but I'm like, I have so much to say on it. So they were like, just teach about it. So, (laughs) so this year is the, I agreed. I was like, I'll start talking about relationships. Totally totally fine. I'll start talking about it. Why not? What I want to say is this about everything you shared. First of all, I love this story about, was it your friend? Is it your, your friend? Uh, it's a person I was working with who I was like, oh, cause I've been in that situation. So I know all the, uh, it's such a powerful circumstance. I love how they set it up for themselves. Like, I love that. <laughs> I like that you say that, right? Oh, so yeah. there's a, by the way, you say that, which I love, I just want to point out is there's a level of responsibility of creation, which is neat. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, there has to be. And 
not to fast forward to the end, but also to fast forward to the end, right? <laughs> and then we can like work, work our way back through it. Yeah. To fast forward to the end, what you said about disappointing people and making a decision for yourself that is like where you're feeling called. Choosing yourself, yes, it's absolutely that. And I always knew that that was truth. I don't know how. I always knew that that is what's right. Choosing self, you mean? Yes. Yes. It's just something, I don't know how, I guess it's just one of those seeds that I came with that was like, this is not going to be able to be corrupted. Anyone can do anything. Oh, my file was totally corrupted. (laughs) (laughs) This is not going to be able to be corrupted. And we're giving you this because we know that you won't lose sight of it. Right. And it took me eventually being in a relationship with someone who insisted that everything in the relationship happen based on me choosing myself that really taught me how rare it is that someone actually gets it. You know, I get it. I've gotten it. I've been with people who didn't get it and who took it as an invalidation and who took it as a disappointment and who took it and made it everything that it was not and Mm. did not see it as this decision isn't choosing me. It's choosing love. That's the thing. It's not selfish. It's choosing love. And when you choose love, everyone benefits. But if someone's so caught up in, I was rejected, I didn't get what I wanted, it's supposed to go this way, here's how I saw it, and then you're the villain, you're the bad guy, right? Like that's going to absolutely bring up everything. It's going to challenge everything you know. It's going to say, why did I need to go through that experience? I know what it is. Oh, well, can you keep loving that person all the while they're making you the villain? And what does that Mm. look like? Mm. If you're choosing love, unconditional love, (laughs) right? You're choosing unconditional love. And guess what? People think they know unconditional love is. And they're going to tell you you're not a loving person because all you care about is yourself. It's like, no, man, I'm choosing love. That's all I'm doing again and again and again. And at some point, you stop explaining yourself. (laughs) You know, you're like, I already know how you're going to take this. I can be as gentle. I can be as kind. I can have you take as much time. I have ended relationships. I'll like, let's say there's like one through a hundred. I've tried every single thing. (laughs) (laughs) I've done all of them. And You may think like, you're like, sometimes you're just like, I'm just going to spin the wheel because I tried it this way. I tried it that way. And people spin it. They flip it. People are so attached to the relationship story more than the actual relationship. So true. You know, they don't want love. They want the love story. (laughs) And that's what I realized. The Instagram relationship, they want... You you want couples goals photos. You don't want their relationship. (laughs) And here's the thing. That's okay. That's okay. Right. It's just when you try to force the person who wants death, right? No, it's when you try to convince me. When you try to convince me that that's the real relationship, you got the wrong one. You know? Absolutely. And like I said, it really took me being with someone who I lost my desire to try to teach people about love. You know, I lost my desire. I didn't lose my desire for love. I lost my desire to try to teach people because I'm like, if you don't get it, you don't get it. If you have built up all of these walls and all of these stories and all of these narratives based on, I think part of one thing that worked out well for me is because my dad was so strict. I didn't watch any Disney or films or TV growing up. I lived in a TV-less house. I didn't get that kind of programming. I always think that that actually had a bigger impact than I realized. I didn't get that kind of programming. I got modeling, right? Of course, I got modeling from the family and from my environment, but I was also very perceptive and I picked up on things. I was like, that person loves that person. That person don't love that person. Like I had a radar like of what love looked and felt like. 
And because of that, because I've had that discernment, I've been able to discern people's agendas, why they get into relationships that have absolutely nothing to do with a relationship. My thing is this, okay, as a society, where we are at in relationships, we are children, right? I always say, do you you want a parent or a partner? Right. They're like, wait, is that a trick question? (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, well, you know, and it's like, and I would also say, you know, there's this saying in one of the the mystical traditions, and I forget which one, that says, in some lifetime, everyone's been your mother. Mm. You know, we have to remember that this like whole paper doll thing that we're doing, where it's like, I'm just back at this, I'm meeting the same energy in a different person. It's been going on for lifetimes. You think you've been dating the same person in this lifetime? It's been going on for lifetimes. So we're not just talking about like it's seeped into everything. It is the TV. It is the images, but it's seeped into our bones. It's in our bones. These relationship templates are in our bones. So when we want to start to really get free of some of this old relationship stuff, we have to do deep clearing, healing work on our whole multidimensional body, on our whole selves, our whole spirit, our whole soul, because it's that big. It's that big how incongruent we are with relationship, with relating, with collaborating and with love, you know, and with nature and with our mother, Mm. you know, we are so incongruent and it's so deep. It's so profound, you know, and it's both inspiring and heartbreaking, you know, it's both inspiring how much more is available for us in regards Mm. to love and to relating and to connection, you know, and to like being a part of the human family, being a part of the family of all of nature of the plant kingdoms, all the other kingdoms and queendoms that recognize us, that are waiting for us to wake up, to be a part of the family, for the trees, for us to remember to talk to the trees. There's so much more available that's just like, hey, we're just here waiting for you children to wake up so that we can love you unconditionally, you know? And it's asking for so little back from us just to love ourselves, just to be ourselves. Nature doesn't recognize us being out of tune with ourselves. Nature doesn't understand you don't love yourself. It doesn't compute. They only can meet you. And people ask me, how do you talk to plants? How do you talk to flowers? They meet you in that place where they know exactly who they are and they can only be who they are and where you can only be who you are. When you can only be your most authentic self, they can communicate with you on that frequency. That's powerful because the awareness of that same frequency in relationship is that truth meets truth, right? And and that's unconditional love. Like love to me, which I didn't know this till I learned it with my partner, is telling the truth, is just being it with truth. And I know this doesn't sound romantic, but I'm not concerned because romance, its definition is often codependency and unavailability. But, you know, it, we just had a son nine weeks ago. He's almost 10 weeks old. Congrats. Thank you. And, you know, I can say with such love and reverence for her, I mean, witnessing her birth child was I mean, that's a whole other level. That was fucking crazily amazing. <sighs> it was just incredible. And just so much reverence for her. And oh man, the portal, like the work they did together to come in. I mean, wow. And like I can say with just so much love for her and her journey that if at some point it is her calling to go in a different direction than me, that w- would be a very hard thing I know because we have departed in our version 1.0 and then came back together with the knowing that truth was more important than anything. And I say that with just such reverence for her journey. like, And I know she would have the same reverence for mine. How can you not? Right. Like there's so much love and freedom in that. Like that's actually where we're free to choose each other. 
I don't understand how we can do anything different. Right. And I think that's, you know, you're talking about this, which I love that concept of like, you're meeting the flower in truth. Okay. Well, if all of a sudden I wake up to the idea that I have not been in my truth and I'm then going to see all the systems that shape that, the Disney movies, the culture, the my mom being a narcissist, my whatever all the things are that shape and they're valid. There's a deep grief that gets accessed. It's interesting that awakenings seem to accompany deep grief, like in some way. <laughs> they can. And it's, yeah, and I, I wonder, do you think it's because, I mean, maybe because it's just the assignment that gets you there, but I'm curious because in my experience of deep grief, I accessed a totality of emotion that I hadn't allowed myself to be in. I thought I would, I thought I would drown in it. And then I realized I was fucking flying. Yes. It was a weird paradox, you know? It's not weird at all. It's one of those fundamental paradoxical truths that you can only really call on that deep reserve when you're in that place where you truly need it. You know, I always say like, you know, if you broke a nail and you're like, oh, I need my angels. I need my ascended masters. Like they, they might pull up. And they're going to they're gonna send you a little energy, you know, like a little healing. But when you're really in that grips of, let's say you are at the end of a karmic cycle, you know, and you're really getting ready to step into something profoundly new, all of the lessons coming together, all of the experiences that helped you arrive at this moment of realization of like profound clarity and knowing, not because you read it, but because you lived it and you showed up fully for everything such that you were able to integrate every aspect, make meaning of every single aspect and to synthesize all of that into something brand new, right? To to bring all that together and you're getting ready to emerge with something that's going to create expansion within the fabric of reality. <laughs> You're going to call the universe of within universes and it's going to show up for you. And it's going to make sure that book falls off the shelf and that you overhear that conversation and that you have that exact divine appointment and that you have that dream that you need and that all the pieces get orchestrated to come together to let you know that what you're doing right now is exactly where you're meant to be. If you had any question of like, no, keep going, keep going, like everything's, the entire universe rises to meet you in that moment. You think you can call on that just because you know some incantations you read in a sacred text or whatever? That's not how it works. There's certain things you don't get access to until you're on the level where you actually need them. You know, until you're in those depths, you don't get access. <laughs> and that's the irony is that there's a potential there to go this way and there's a potential to go this way. And you're at that threshold, you're at that crossroads where you could decide, you know, Life is against me. Everything that's happening right now is questioning my, making me question my faith, making me question everything I think I know. Or you can take all of that and see there's a grieving process. This part of what I thought I knew is going to go through a die off, right? But then what's going to emerge from that is going to be so fresh, you know, so vibrant, so vital that. That death and dying off process, you make peace with it, you know? And if that means losing people, losing something you thought you knew or whatever, you know, or, or looking back and saying, my God, I'm grieving for all the parts of me that all the things I went through that it took for me to get here that were fucking hard. And I didn't have space. I couldn't understand why I needed to go through that. The pieces didn't come together for me to make sense of that. Now I totally get it. But I guess what I didn't do, I didn't really grieve at that time because I didn't have space. I didn't have the tools or I didn't have the capacity. So now I can look back and say, I can grieve for those parts of me that I didn't get to grieve for yet because I'm going through a huge transformation. You know, it's like there's those defining moments in your life where you know, like this moment is going to define on some level who I am. 
and not in the version of who I thought I am, but in a real way. And it's like, I think it's, is it Winnie the Pooh? I always forget this. Is it like, is it Winnie the Pooh or, or like Alice in Wonderland? There's some quote that says something about like, people don't understand ugly because by the time you get to that place where you become who you really are, you can't be ugly only to people that don't understand, you know? So it's like all the things that you went through that other people might shame you for, judge you for, or be like, oh, you had that experience? Oh, that's, you know, and look down on you. All those things that you took and you made medicine with it and you made magic with it where other people would have felt ashamed of themselves, you know, that speaks to who you are as a soul what light you can create from all the darkness that you've been through is what defines who you are. It's not the experiences that you've been through. It's what you choose to do with them. That's the thing people don't get. Someone could have had come from the worst like environment, you know, their story be tragic in a way, and they could decide that that makes them a victim and that's their story or that they can become one of the most inspiring people because you see they went on that hero's journey to the top of the mountain. They didn't take the easy path. You're they're like you're like, "Wow, you incarnated into what kind of environment?" And you're like, "And you made it here. We love a superhero story." You know, and it's like again, There's those choice points along the way where you get to define who you are and how you show up for life. I don't know if I answered your question at all. You did. You did. And that was beautiful because I'm curious about as follow up to that. I'm sure for for you listening, there's like a thing you're going through, a challenge you're having, a Mm -hmm. question you have, Mm -hmm. a level Mm -hmm. you're moving to a choice point, a why in the road, much like the person I was talking about. But we seem to meet those moments in so many times in our lives. And how we approach that moment, how we see it. Is there a perspective? And because I know in listening to you talk about like the energetics of relationship and also just like how we step into that mystical powerful place so we can be in alignment with our soul in the world. How, how do we do that? No small task. <laughs> You're like, five minutes, how do we do it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's see what I can do. I'm pretty good at this. I'm pretty good at the like, the shot fire questions. <laughs> you know, I honestly, there's so many things that we can do. You know, there's so many things that we can do. I think for me, I'll speak for myself, right? I'll speak for myself what works for me. What works for me is not waiting until I'm in that moment to cultivate these skills. That's why you have a practice. You know, that's why you have a daily practice of building that capacity, building that resilience. Also, being very clear on your strengths and your weaknesses, right? So I mentioned that I work with flower essences and I create flower essences. And when I went through my flower essence training, I you pick, you pick one flower to journey with. And these flowers are different. How I experience them is that they're archetypes, right? So you're picking a flower based on like an archetypal energy that you want to cultivate more of, or that you need support with, or that you need to attune better to, right? Whether you're like, I need boundaries. And that's like pink yarrow. I tend to merge with people. Oh, well, it's your pink yarrow. So I picked a flower called impatience, which is for impatience. And it's such a part of my personality to be like, come on, come on. Like, like the universe is up to cool things. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And when you're like that, sometimes you can skip steps, right? You have to go back. You're like, why am I back on this level? I already, or like, oh, you skip some steps. You got to go back and clean some stuff up. So cultivating a practice, right, of these qualities of these attributes within ourselves. And one of them is the ability to do self-awareness, the ability to look and examine and say, okay, you know, I'm starting to get a little bit too much into pitying myself, right? That quality is emerging. Where is that? Where's that coming from? What's that about? And you always say it's like a search and destroy mission. You're always kind of finding like, where's the, the, the root of that energy, right? Pull the little weed out. Like, where's that coming from? I don't just let that grow. You know, I don't just leave that there or I keep my eye on it to say, "Mm, I'm going to keep my eye on that because that could get out of hand. Right. Or 
you know, the tendency to like a lot of alone time. Oh, I'm going to keep my eye on that because I know that this journey is not, it's not ultimately about only being able to be alone. Like I'm really good at that. It's like, it's community and it's connection. Don't forget that part, you know, do that, you know? So then you keep track, right? You keep track of kind of like what you're up to and how you're doing and you develop yourself, not in a self-help way. I always say self-help is a myth. But in a way where you recognize that there are all these veils, all these illusions, all these distortions that we're submerged in and keep clearing out, right, what's really not yours, what's not, you're not really here to align with or subscribe to, to have those clear intentions of your beliefs and to be willing to question and dissolve your beliefs at any point that they become, you know, they start to hold you back, right? At any point where your beliefs are starting to limit you, question them and say, oh, I see the limitation. It's my own belief around dot, 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 around what I can do, around who I'm allowed to be in this next step, right? Or the belief like you can't have it all or too good to be true or these certain dominant kind of thought forms, programs in the matrix, right? You start to, you know, rework your operating system of how you operate to bring yourself closer into your own divine nature, you know, to unhook as many trappings as possible, right? Some people, that work can go all the way to the end of, like, some people go on that, they go on that, you know, they're on that stage of their awakening process, and it can go very, like, how to exit the matrix, you know, conspiracy theory. I spent a lot of time down that rabbit hole, and then I was like, time to come back up and do something else. And then, you know, thankfully my calling to work deeply in collaboration with the earth and with energy and with healing really started to emerge and really grab and call my attention. So, you know, I also say, follow those things that excite you, follow those things that inspire you, train your intuition so that you can listen to those impulses and know the difference between when you have a sensation that's coming up, say, you know, is that a triggered trauma response or is that intuition? And to be able to learn the difference of what the different sensations in your body feel like. So it's not just like butterflies means I'm in love. And you're just like going along with that idea. It's like, did you ever actually research that? That's not what that means. You know, it's indicative of the fight or flight. So there's a lot more kind of going on around how we give things power. And we're like, but, but I, I met him and I got butterflies and I saw 11-11. So I thought he was my soulmate. It's like that math, at some point that math is going to fall apart when you look at it. You're like, okay, well, you actually you know, was it really, you know, you start to question, like, I'm tripping. Is it me tripping? Is the matrix tripping? Oh, it's me. When it's you, you get your shit together. You're like, it's me. That's me, like, being being whatever way that I already know that I am because I already know my weaknesses. You're like, yeah, that's one of my weaknesses. And you forgive yourself. It's like I always say, don't beat yourself up, but don't let yourself off the hook either. Don't use your spirituality to, like, bypass and, and like, when it's convenient, kind of flip it this way and then flip it that way. You know, you kind of have to also laugh at your biases and say, you know what's funny? When someone else does that, I can't stand it. But one of my friends does it. It's totally fine. And they're just being their authentic self. You know, you see you make excuses for stuff and you just kind of catch yourself, you know, and lately, lately I've been saying, you know, we kind of have to negotiate with our negative ego. And I was like asking my guys, I'm like, okay, well, what does this mean? Because people don't want to hear that, right? People don't want to hear kill your ego or, or whatever. So I was like, well, what do you mean negotiate with our negative ego? And my guys were like, okay, let's say, and this is not my thing. So they give me these examples. Sometimes they're my, I'm the example a lot, but they're like, you know how you, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. So, but this one, they were like, okay, let's say someone is addicted to looking at celebrity gossip, right? And they're like, I have an addiction. Like when you really parse that through, it's like, I spend a lot of time doing that, okay? <laughs> and they know that's like a, a habit that's not serving them on some level, right? They're like, this isn't, this isn't feeding my soul, but I, it's, an, it's an addiction. I'm still doing it. So there's, some, there's something to it, right? So you, you say to yourself, you know, your higher self, your soul self, yourself that's emerging, right? You say to yourself, 
okay, you know, 10 minutes tops, but then you have to do an energy clearing to clear those thought forms because we're not letting that like really come into our life. Like you can watch it, you can zone out, whatever that's doing for you, but that can't like affect our like world. We can't let that come into our world. So you got to close that portal down, clear it out, release it, you know, and you kind of negotiate to address your, the places where you could potentially self-sabotage yourself and start to, you know, just put more playful, fun practices in place to notice like, oh, wow, I'm still holding a grudge against this thing, or I haven't forgiven myself for this thing, or I see myself you know, playing games in this way or trying to get certain needs met in a certain way. And you just start cleaning it up. You start cleaning up your crap. I mean, I know that doesn't sound exciting for a spiritual awakening, but it's, <laughs> it's, you get started cleaning up your crap. But from that, you know, you really, an authentic love of self emerges. Not just, I'm going to read my affirmations and I'm going to let, I love myself or whatever the affirmation said, you know, but a real genuine relationship with yourself because you're peeling back these layers of the muck, you know, you're, as Ramdas says, polishing the mirror and you are cultivating those qualities within you that are beautiful, right? That are beauty. You're giving them more of center stage. You know, it's like, sure, you still have those traits. You're like, I still, I'm addicted to blah, blah, blah. But what naturally emerges is that you're more whole. You're more integrated. And you're more in that place of self-acceptance. And you're also more at peace with life. The other day, I mean, I actually, after I leave here, I have to go pick up my car because I got a flat tire yesterday. And it's so interesting because I live in a little, like an area where it's very towny. So my auto shop is the same auto shop that I go to. So I call up, I'm like, Hey, it's me. So the light came on on my car and is this, should I bring it in? And the owner is the one who answered. He's like, Hey, he's like, yeah, just bring it right in just got me right in. I'm sitting there talking to him, hanging out. He's like, oh, I'm just going to check your tires real quick. They check my tires. He's like, look at this one. You got it. You drove over a nail. So I got a, a nail in my tire. And he's like, so your tires are perfectly good, but you just got a nail. It's one of those things. It wasn't that I neglected anything. I didn't do anything wrong. It wasn't the world's out to get me. It wasn't the patriarchy is out to get me. It was just <laughs> one of those things that happened. And I could sit there and be at war with myself or be at war with life and be like, this is not a good time. And this isn't this. And it's like, but the reality is I literally got right in. They put, they changed to despair. I drove right out. They ordered my tire. I dropped it off before we started talking and I'm going to go pick it up after it's perfect. It's like not that big of a deal. And that's the thing. You can make a mountain out of a molehill. You can take something that happens that's not what you prefer, that's not your favorite thing, and you can use that as an opportunity to be mad about everything else that you were mad about before. Or you can say, I feel frustrated. There's frustration here. What am I really frustrated about because it's not a tire, you know, and you ask yourself those real deeper questions. And you say, if you can't figure out what you're frustrated about, don't forget about it. Come back, come back to it. Don't forget about yourself. That's the main thing. Come home to yourself in a loving way as often as you can. Check in with yourself about what you're doing and why you're doing it. And have fun. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's like all I got. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's a beautiful invitation at the end. It's like, clean up all the shit, have fun while you're doing it. Miriam, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> I'm, I, I can go into the etheric. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing. And I look forward to having you back because we got to dive deeper into all of it. But I'm curious, where can people find more of you? Yeah, thanks for asking. So we do have New Earth Mystery School, which is cool. And we have like a really beautiful community of people that have been there. Some people have been there for the whole time. Some of my old clients were some of the first people to join. So that's always really cool. So my website is mariamhasna.com, M-A-R-Y-A-M-H-A-S-N-A-A.com. 
we do have drop-in style classes. So if you're not interested in joining the community, we do have the ability to have drop-in. So we've had a lot of cool teachers, guest teachers, people from like Gabor Mate, Cindy Dale, Lee Harris, Layla Delia, like just a lot of different people that I have relationships with, all different kinds of teachers. Yeah, everything from like Qigong to like nervous system work to spirituality to like Akashic work, past life stuff. Even had people a guest teacher who is an experiencer and she works with people who have had like ET experiences and have like hybrid children. So we have like just the, the people that I find inspiring are the guest teachers that we have. So yeah, we have a ton of classes. I have like meditations and stuff up on my website as well. And I also have an apothecary where I offer plant medicine to support the work that we do in the school. So yeah, that's my spiel. (laughs) Perfect. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been wonderful. 